From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770 CHQR. Mr. Button, how are you tonight? I am very good, Jock. How are you? I am excellent, thank you very much. I want to take you back to yesterday because it was the big story in the National Hockey League. Uh, Maybe the balance of power has shifted in the Pacific Division because the Arizona Coyotes make the big move and they have acquired Taylor Hall, the Calgary kid. Uh, First of all, just your thoughts on the the trade? Well, I I think that if you look at it from from the Arizona angle in a lot of different ways, you know, like the Pacific Division is, isn't one where it's overwhelmingly anybody's division. You know, and Arizona's rate sitting there at near the top. So I think that this trade takes Arizona and it moves them to the top of that division. And it moves them closer to Colorado and St. Louis as contenders in the Western Conference. You, you know, you're trying to get out of that pack of Vegas, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Dallas, even Nashville. And I think that that does that for, uh, with the Arizona Coyotes. And when you think about the Pacific, you know, when you put yourself ahead there, and if you can continue to have good play, they got strong goaltending, good defense. Uh, they don't give up a lot. And, and Taylor Hall's an elite offensive player, exactly what they need. Now you look at if Colorado and St. Louis are going to meet in the playoffs, well, let them beat up one another. You could position yourself to be right in the conference final. Uh, and, and I think that that is a, a terrific move by the Arizona Coyotes. You further that, and, and I talk about Taylor Hall and the way he can add a lot of offensive elements. They traded for Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel has shown that he can be very good, but he's not a leading player. And I think not only is Taylor Hall going to help the uh, Arizona Coyotes overall, he's going to help Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel's smart. They're going to play him. They're going to start him, uh, Kessel, playing with Taylor Hall. So I think that that can have real significant benefits. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is a team that's uh, had a lot of draft picks. They, they haven't been in the playoffs in seven seasons. So I, I think that this is a, a, a move that's significant, uh, that excites the uh, players, the coaching staff, and, and, and the fan base. Mm-hmm. And you know what? When you've had a lot of picks and they've drafted very well, you can afford to make these types of moves. So, uh, you know, I said it last night, and I'll say it again. I, I think this move is as big as the Grand Canyon in Arizona. I think it's a, a fantastic move by the Coyotes. So, so what did the Coyotes give up? Because, you know, I, 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 can, I can look up where these players are from. I can see where they're drafted. You know, I, I can see what they're doing in the minors or juniors. But, 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 but you know, what kind of prospects are Nick Merkley and Nate Schnarr and, and Kevin Ball? You know, what are the New Jersey Devils getting in return? Yeah, well, you know, let me, before I get into that, you know, when you look back at what the market is and and Ray looks at the uh, trade deadline, well, uh, a pending unrestricted free agent, uh, Matt Duchesne fetches a first round draft pick, Uh, a pending free agent uh, uh, Evander Kane fetches a first round draft pick. So when you trade a player ahead of time, I think what Ray saw was an opportunity to get some players you know, into the prospect system. And, and, and you, 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 I don't want to say you're taking a chance. You're making evaluations and you're saying, okay, uh, out of this group of players, who, who do you think has the best chance? I'll start with Nick Merkley. He's a Calgary kid. You know, he's had two significant knee injuries. Really good player. Can he overcome them? I don't know. But that's what the New Jersey Devils are betting on, that, that he can overcome them. Uh, you know, and, and Nate Schnarr, good player. 
was was on golf last year when they won the OHL championship. You know, but he's got to improve his skating. But you're looking at him and going, okay, can he improve his skating enough? We're going to take a chance there. Kevin Ball is a, is a good, solid defensive-type defenseman. He reminds me a lot of, of Braden McNabb with the Vegas Golden Knights. And then you get the first-round draft pick. So for Ray Shiro, he's looking at it and going, well, if I make this move now, you know, like I, I, I'm getting a defenseman that, that can round out and, and give our blue line a, a well-balanced look. You know, they got Ty Smith coming, and, and, and they can understand that you got some size and defensive ability. And they get their first-round pick, and mm-hmm. he's looking at marching or the trade deadline and going, I'm not going to get much more than this. In fact, I probably won't get any more than this. So it was the right time to act for, for Ray Shiro with, with a pending unre- unrestricted free agent. Now, if we look back, if Mark Stone, uh, you know, going to Vegas, if he was a player that was going to sign, you could say, okay, maybe they get a, an A prospect like Ottawa got an Eric Branstrom. But that's certainly not the case. So, you know, when, when, when you look at it and you understand what, what the player's intentions are and it, would he resign in, in Vegas, I, I think, in Arizona, excuse me, I think Ray's covered his bases if he does resign. But I think he, he, he got a return that's not going to be better come uh, the trade deadline, regardless right. of what anybody says. You know, Josh, what I, what I always laugh about is everybody talk, oh, we made a better offer. Let me, let me take you back in time. Let me take you back in time to Christmas, just before Christmas, 1995. Okay. And I was right in the throes of it. Jerome McGinley, ironically, was at the World Junior Camp. And we made a big trade in Dallas. We're trading for Joe Newendike, and mm-hmm. Calgary Flames made a big trade. For uh, we went to the World Junior Tournament, and it was in Boston that year. You, you, it was laughable hearing all the other teams. Oh, we offered a way better player than Jerome McGinley. Les Jackson, <laughs> who's been a longtime executive in the NHL, still with the Dallas Stars, and he's as mild mannered. He, he finally, we were sitting down after a game one night, and you know, having a couple of beers, and a bunch of guys were talking on. Oh yeah, and they're going on. Finally. Finally, Les had had enough. And, and let me tell you this. When Les has had enough, it's a lot. And he finally said, he goes, you guys don't even know how good a player Jerome McGinley is. You're all sitting here saying that, uh, you know, you offered a way better player. You didn't offer a way better player. The players you offered aren't better than Jerome McGinley. And I, I remember a couple of teams. They're sitting there going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Les goes, listen, you can talk all you want and think you gave up a better or you offered a better player. You didn't. And I'll tell you what. I know who the players were. One never played in the NHL. The other guy was a was a was a bit player for a few games. And Jerome McGinley's <laughs> going to the Hall of Fame next time. So you know what? Like, so don't let anybody kid you and say that they yeah. were offering a bet. Ray had his finger on the pulse here. Yeah, it's it, it's such an easy thing to say after the yeah. fact. Oh yes, yeah. we offered a better player, a much better player, and yeah. uh, uh, those kind of things can come back and haunt you. Uh, I'm not sure how good of a player Ilya Kovalchuk is. I, I was stunned when the Los Angeles Kings signed him. You know, yeah. after the Olympics, he's cleared waivers uh he says he still wants to play in the nhl and he says he'll take the league minimum for for a contender now uh, i gotta ask you craig as as a former general manager if you were a general manager in the league today would, would you would you not touch this guy with a 10-foot pole or for league minimum would you would you say okay let's take a flyer on him uh, look, look, here's here's what i'll say uh like you know what for league minimum you, you say okay nothing ventured nothing gained you know what, uh, you, you sit back and you just say, okay, there's, there's something you can help us with. Listen, the last time I looked, there's not a designated hitter in the National Hockey League. There isn't. So, no. you know what, so if you could, I remember Pat Quinn talking years ago about a player, 
and and they were talking about what a great face-off guy he was. And Pat said, "Well, that's great." He goes, "So what do we do once the face-offs over? Do, do we have a do we have a, a hook come down and lift them up off the ice and get them over to the bench?" It's not the so, NLL. They do that in the yeah, in the well, National Lacrosse League, but you can't do that in the NHL. You're right. Yeah, exactly. So how are you going to get Ilya Kovalev? I mean, if you could just put him on that spot on the power play, he can't. He can't skate. He can't play at pace. I mean, the power play is a slower tempo game. I guess if you want to take a chance on a on a on a minimum contract, you can. I didn't think he could play two years ago when they resigned him. He'd been out of the league five years. Mm. I wouldn't touch him. I wouldn't touch him. Yeah, no, I I I, I have the same feeling. But I, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if JB Barry gets him another contract. Uh, anyway, no, let's hey, listen. JP Barry's a magician. He got him an eighteen point <laughs> yeah, seven five million dollar contract <laughs> on three years. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like you know, and and, and I can only tell you this. Every single team that was in on the on the pursuit of Kovalchuk a year and a half ago are thrilled they didn't get him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so true. Uh, hey, listen, uh, the Flames and the Penguins are underway. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that game tonight because you're actually working for TSN this evening. Uh, you're doing the Vancouver-Montreal game, and I haven't spent a lot of time on the, the Vancouver Canucks. They got off to that great start this season, 8-3-1 and in October, but they've been leaking oil in in november and december and, and yes they've got some injuries you know th- their goaltending is, is is not stealing games like they did in october uh, defense looks to be a weak link uh, uh, you're my insider though what's what's going on with the vancouver canucks well I, I mean let's just look at where they sit like you know if you just want to look overall in the standings right i mean they're doing okay i mean they're right there okay and i think they have a lot more uh uh, to, a lot more players capable of helping their team this year than they did last year. And, you know, I think they ran out of gas. But but the Vancouver Canucks, I mean, you're, you're looking at a team that's, that's sitting in a decent, in a decent spot. And it, it's not like they're totally out of it or anything like that. I mean, they got 36 points. I mean, Calgary's got 40. I mean, and they're going to play each other. Like, you know, this is where the season is. And, and the Montreal Canadiens went winless in eight games. And, and they're still ahead of the Stanley Cup favorite Toronto Maple Leafs. That's just what I hear. I mean, they're the Stanley <laughs> Cup favorites, right? Like, I mean, Tongue I mean, firmly planted in cheek. I get it, yes. Just think about it, Jock. I mean, eight-game winless streak, and they're still ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Right? And I, I mean, so I think we got to keep things in perspective. Here's the way I look at it. You know, the Vegas Gold Knights started out, and then they fell off, and now they're starting to win a little bit. The Minnesota Wild weren't good at the beginning. Now they're playing well. The Winnipeg Jets struggled. Now they're playing well. I mean, the, the Dallas Stars started out poorly. They're playing well. I mean, everything's going to find its level. Uh, other than the Colorado Avalanche and the, and the St. Louis Blues, I mean, Winnipeg, because of the record, is so good, and, and I think you have to give them their, their, their due credit. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, all the other teams have, 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 have had their good, their bad, their ups and downs. And, and I just talked about Arizona pushing themselves ahead with the Taylor Hall acquisition. But the, you, the Vancouver isn't any worse than these other teams, and, and, and those teams aren't any better than Vancouver. they got to find a level of play and be more consistent, not fall behind in games. I think in 22 of their 34 games, uh, they've, they've fallen behind in the, ga- in the game. They haven't scored the first goal. But you know what? Okay, so that happens, but you, you, you try to get on the right side and not trace, chase the game. I think they have a lot more depth in their lineup. And, you know, I think that as time goes on, I think the Vancouver Canucks so will we'll, we'll be contending. Will, will they be in the, in the top uh, echelon of, of the Western Conference? No, but I think they fall into a category somewhere in the, in, in the, in the 5 to 11 range. And right now, because of their record, they've fallen a little bit behind, but 
they could easily find their ways up. Great, great insight. And, and, and probably the same goes for that Montreal Canadian team that you're, you're doing yeah. tonight because, you know, they're three games above the 500 mark, 15, 12, and 6, I believe, on the season. As you say, that they're ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs or at least tied with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, you know, in, in the overall standings right now, which is interesting. And, and Mark Bergevin was quoted earlier this week saying, hey, you know, you know what, I'm not going to sacrifice the future for, 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 for a trade that, you know, uh, just a rental player or something like that. But what do you think the Montreal Canadiens need uh, to, to get to the next level and, and maybe secure a playoff spot because uh, they're in the Atlantic Division and they're only, what, a point behind Florida? Yeah, they're only a point. So, so again, they're, they're not going to compete with Boston. No, right? there, no. There's just no way they're going to compete with Boston. So now you got Florida, Toronto, Buffalo, you, you, you know, all in the hunt around, uh, with, uh, you know, in, in that in that group. So I, I think what Montreal, I, first of all, they they need some health. They, they don't have a lot of depth. You know, when they start, they have players that can play, but you start extending players in their minutes, and that starts to hurt players. And, and, and eventually they run out of gas, and they, they you run the risk of even more injuries. So they need to get some healthy. They need to get some players back. Drew on his boat. He's had a great start to the year. Byron's been out. Mete's been out. Well, that's a defenseman and two forwards that are really important to your team. And, you know, you start losing one, you can overcome it. Two, you start to three, and, and you don't have a lot of depth. I mean, that starts to hurt a little bit. They have a terrific prospect pool, uh, Jock, and the, the, their future, I think, is very, very, very bright. Now, you, you know, one of the trades that I, that I really, really liked in the NHL was when Vegas went and got Chandler Stevenson. I thought that Vegas needed a, a, a little more speed in, in, in that 7-10 in that uh, uh, group of, of their forwards, I think, or 8-11, to 11, call it, and, and I think he added that. That's it. I mean, $1 million, just over a million dollars, a fifth-round draft pick, those are the areas that I think that Montreal's got to look at and try to add, you know, just get some stable players, you know, in the forward group, a stable player on the blue line. It doesn't have to be somebody sexy. It has to be somebody that's stable that can give you really good, solid minutes. And uh, that's what I liked about Vegas's trade. Didn't cost them a lot. The salary fits to what they're doing. That's what a manager has to do. That's where the managers have to make their money. It's on the margins. Everybody would like to get Taylor Hall for nothing, right? But bottom line is you want to improve your team. Sometimes it's just in small increments, but those small increments can lead to big differences. Is Jeff Ward the new breed of coaches in the NHL trying to lighten things up with some, you know, music going on at practice and yesterday pulling out the, the soccer handball, a made-up game, but, you know, the players are having fun with it. Is this, is this going to be a new trend in the National Hockey League? Yeah, as long as you're seven and one in your first eight <laughs> games true. as a coach. That's true. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, it's a lot easier, John. John, you've been around sport a long time, right? And 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 the beautiful thing about sport is is that when you're winning, you never think you're going to lose, and when you're losing, you're you're not sure if you're ever going to win again, right? And, and and moods are affected. Moods are affected in a positive way when you win, and and it doesn't matter how well you're playing when you're not winning, your mood isn't good. And you know the Flames, you know they've gone through that winless streak you know all, all the all, all the focus around them with the bill peters situation you know mm. now they got it cleared off they're winning i'll tell you what just that in itself makes it makes for a lighter mood but you start to lose a, a few games and you you start to you start to feel like oh geez we're slipping in this area or that area 
not as light. And, and, and it's not that the coaches don't want to try to keep it light. It, it's hard for players to, you, you know, you come in on like you, you've lost five in a row or you're winless in six, right? And you come in and go, we're going to have some fun today. Yeah. I don't know. Like the players aren't in that, in that state of mind. So That's a good point. I, 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 th- I think it's about recognizing where your team is at. I mean, Scotty Bowman, the greatest coach the NHL's ever seen. Al Arbor followed it too, and he did a really good job of it. And, but Scotty Bowman always said, I always felt that pushing my players the hardest was most beneficial and they were most receptive to it when we were winning. They liked being around the rink. He goes, when they were losing, he goes, I have to find ways to get them away from the rink, but I could really push them when they were winning. And, you know, I, I, and, and, and it kind of, it's counterintuitive, right? Oh, we'll have fun when we're winning, right? And, and we'll be harder when we lose. Well, Scotty did exactly the opposite. <laughs> and when you, but, when, but when you think about the psychology of it, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty sharp, right? It, it, it truly is. Craig, we're out of time. Thanks so much for your time. You have a great night. We'll do it again on Thursday. We will. Thank you, Jock. Good stuff. NHL insider Craig Button here on Sports Talk with Jock. A little overlength segment. We've got to take a break. We're going to come back and set up a very important interview coming your way just after the news at 730. This is Sports Talk with Jock.